Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. Back here for hour two. It is Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here for one more hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com, as we'll get you set for fantasy baseball. In-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs. Latest one up is the Los Angeles Angels. And, of course, I got a look at a bunch of players changing teams and what it means for their fantasy value, a look at A.J. Pollock today. But joining me now, it is Steve Gardner from USA Today Sports. He was part of the team that picked number two in the FSTA draft along with Howard Kamen. Steve, how are you today? Uh, doing good, Adam. How are you? Doing well. I know you got labor coming up, so some uh, an announcement today. So kind of just let people know what's going on with labor, when the drafts are going to be held. Sure. Um, the mixed labor draft is um, the one that we do online, and uh, that's coming up pretty soon, in fact, uh, February 12th. So a couple of weeks until that goes on. Um, we've got uh, 15 teams in that one, and it's standard 5x5 five five roto. And then the, uh, the labor auctions are in Phoenix. It's the weekend of March 2nd and 3rd. So uh, those are also very uh, uh, highly watched to see exactly what the experts are putting uh, on their dollar values for, for players this season. And God, I, I really hope we can get everybody signed by then because there's nothing worse than doing a, an AL-only or NL-only league and uh, a whole bunch of free agents still out there. And that's one of the things we like to do with, with labor AL and NL is, is kind of set the bar. But if Manny Machado and Bryce Harper don't have homes, that really throws it off. Yeah, and it happened last year with some free agents where we didn't know where they were going to sign. And people had to take gambles, and obviously you're reluctant to pay much money. And if they don't wind up in that league, then you just completely lose them. So once again, we're, we're kind of going through it, in a, especially with the big names, Craig Kimbrell in addition, Dallas Keuchel. So it's really tough out there if you're drafting right now. Indeed. And, you know, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, the, the two names at the top of that list, uh, they will produce offensively no matter where they go. Um, you know, you may get a little bit of a variation here or there, but um, we kind of know what to expect from them. But as you said, as you go further down the list, and, you know, Dallas Keuchel is still a very good pitcher, but where will he end up? That uh, has a little bit more of an impact on his fantasy value in this coming season. Now, there are people drafting right now. Obviously, you are in the middle of this FSTA draft. Uh, the mixed labor is coming up. So if you're drafting now and you're facing these questions with these players, and I know it's each individual circumstance could be different, but generally, are you more willing to shy away and say, you know what, I'm not sure where they're going to be at. I'll just pass and wait a little bit and take someone else where I know what I'm going to get. It's possible. Um, I, I think that decision is going to be, at least for Harper and Machado, it, the later you are in the first round, you know, the beginning of the second round. I know in the 14-team the FSTA draft, Machado and Harper both were not taken until the wheel, and uh, Anthony Perry, with 14 and 15, took them both. 
So um, that's that's kind of where they are. I think that's uh, – I don't know that I would take that particular strategy just because of the uh, super uh, uncertainty involved with both of them. But I think you have to weigh that. I mean, w- when it comes down to Harper or J.D. Martinez, for instance, or Harper or, or Christian Yelich, Machado versus Christian Yelich, I think you've got to go with the more sure thing. And, and those guys certainly produced when they went to new teams last season. But uh, we've seen it before that sometimes that doesn't always happen. Giancarlo Stanton was another uh, an example of that last season with the Yankees where his performance backed off a little bit from what he uh, had when he was with the Marlins. Talking to Steve Gardner, part of the USA Today sports team that selected number two in the FSTA draft. And I'll ask you the most difficult question first. Why'd you take Mookie Betts number two? No, I'm just kidding. That's easy. We're going to talk about that. Uh, so you knew you were going to get Betts. So you had to go in saying, okay, you were probably having a plan of what to do on the 2-3 turn. You won Aranola, Charlie Blackman. Is that what you were expecting? Were you surprised one of those guys were there? Were you sniped? What was the plan for the 2-3 turn, knowing pretty much you were probably getting bets or trout? Yeah, um, that's the great thing about getting Mookie Betts is that you've got the five categories already covered, a nice solid base there. So whatever you do, your team is still going to look pretty solid after the first few picks. Um, we were really concerned about getting an ace, and and I think that's going to be a theme in fantasy baseball again this year, maybe even more so than it was last year, because you see teams experimenting with the opener. And now starting pitchers, especially guys who can give you 33, 34 starts, close to 200 innings, more than 200 strikeouts. The number of pitchers that fit that bill are so few that you need to have a guy who can do that at the top of your rotation. I, I, I feel pretty strongly about that. So in our position, um, there were, let's see, maybe the top five or six Pitchers went off the board. Corey Kluber was falling, which I found very interesting, and he almost got to us uh, one pick away, and uh, Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton and Stacey Stern snabbed Corey Kluber. So he was making my eyes kind of uh, light up there. But even then, Aaron Nola, solid ace potential guy. You know, a young guy can, can strike batters out and also get ground balls, which is a fantastic combination. So to me... Almost as good as Corey Kluber. I think he'll, he'll be an ace. And, again, in the National League versus the American League, helps uh, with your whip and your strikeout. So, for me, he was, he was the choice there. Um, we could possibly have gone Blake Snell. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is in the mix at that point, but I think the risk is really high. So, uh, I love that. And then Charlie Blackman, I figured he would have been gone in the middle of the second round. So, uh, when I looked at my board, Charlie Blackman, I think I had number 17 overall, and he was sitting there, and uh, I think everybody else from 22 up had already been taken. So he stuck out pretty uh, pretty much for me. I think, again, power, speed, batting average, uh, add him to Mookie Betts. That's a nice way to start your offense. Yeah, Blackman, I think, in a lot of drafts last year, went in the first round. Now I'm, I've been seeing him fall to the third in 14, 15-team leagues. What do you think? Is the concern there for people? I mean, it's course field. Uh, the average is always good. You know, runs a category that people don't look at enough. I mean, look what he's done the last three years, at least 111 runs each year. Uh, and, yeah, he's not an elite power hitter, but he could still get 25 to 30, still chipping in double-digit steals. What do you think the concern is? Or could it be that pitchers are getting pushed up the board now? As you mentioned, people are more 
cognizant to get an ace, and maybe that's the reason why. I think the, the, the pitcher factor is certainly one. Um, I think we look at how Charlie Blackman maybe backed off from his numbers last year. He lost, you know, e- even though he hit 291, which is, which is pretty darn good, he lost 40 points of batting average and uh, lost uh, 100 points in slugging percentage. So even though, you know, 29 homers and, and the RBIs were down 270. So I think the, the counting stats maybe have some people a little worried, but again, 2017 was just so off the charts for him. I mean, uh, he was so good in so many categories that when you back it down, 119 runs scored last year was a drop-off of 18 from the season before. I think it's all relative. You look at what he did um, in 2017 and say, wow, he's decreasing. Those are still fantastic numbers. And uh, as long as he stays healthy, yeah, he's going to be 32 this year, but still – as you mentioned, Coors Field helps him considerably in, in the counting categories and in batting average. I, I just think that, uh, you know, he's old and boring. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll take those guys uh, when they can produce the way Charlie Blackman can. Someone who is not old and boring, he's young and exciting, is Juan Soto, who went one pick before you took Blackman. Soto was just, for, the, for his age and the way he has progressed, skipping AAA, coming up to the major league level and showing the patience that he did, the 22 homers and seven RBI, 70 RBIs, 292. Would you have considered Soto had he fallen to you over Blackman? As much as I love Juan Soto and, and get to see him play on a regular basis here in Washington, um, I, I think that there, there may be a little too much helium with him. Um, I would have taken, you know, I have Giancarlo Stanton ranked ahead of him, Aaron Judge ranked ahead of him, Ronald Acuna, um, even Chris Bryant I have slightly ahead of Juan Soto. So um, as much as I think he you know, has great talent and, and nothing but upside, if you take Bryce Harper out of that Washington lineup, you know, maybe it becomes a little bit more difficult for Soto to get some of the counting numbers. Um, so I, I think while the, the ceiling is still very, very high, I'm going to go with the, the older and boring guy in Blackman. I think uh, his, his chances of making uh, those numbers that we're looking for are much better. But um, certainly that doesn't diminish uh, what I think of Juan Soto. I just think maybe a little bit of a, of a sophomore slump or a jinx or something like that, his numbers could, could back off a little bit from, uh, from what he was on pace for for a full season last year. Another exciting player who everyone is looking forward to see at the major league level, and we do expect him up probably mid-April after Super 2, is Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who you took uh, second-to-last pick of round four. Now, I've seen him go in the second, third round of some draft champions leagues. There's obviously a lot of excitement for him. In fact, my latest draft I'm doing, he went uh, in the middle of round two. So was Vlad part of the plan? Did you want him, or did you say, you know what, based on what I have here, this is the spot to take a shot on him? Um, No, he he was... Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just saying he was fascinating, and I can't even I can't even wait to start talking about him. He's he's that exciting. I I figured he would been long gone because if we're waiting from the two three turn and having it go all the way down to fourteen and come all the way back, I thought there was no shot that Vlad Jr. would be available. And then when it started looking like, well, hey, this is a possibility. uh, my, my my co-owner, Howard Kamen, was there at the draft, and I was uh, working from the office, so I was messaging him, and I'm like, hey, Vlad Jr. might be available. And he's like, 
you really want to take the risk on him? And uh, I had to chuckle. The risk is, I think, one of the smallest things we have to worry about with Vlad Jr. Uh, he's, he is so uh, pure of a hitter. Um, I've seen a lot of scouts who have given him an 80 grade for his hit tool, which is something that scouts never do. And uh, having seen him in the Arizona Fall League, uh, a a pitch that he had in the Fall Stars game, he turned around and hit 111 miles per hour for exit velocity. Only maybe a dozen players in all of the major leagues in all of last season had one hit that hard. So, the the talent is is there, no question. And if anybody can hit the the ground running, I think it's Vlad Jr. And um, maybe maybe the best prospect that we've seen come along in in perhaps my lifetime, to tell you the truth. Even better than Mike Trout, he just blew up the minor leagues at at age 19. This kid is special, and um, so I don't have really any concerns about him talent wise. The question is. When's he going to get to the majors? And um, I think the Blue Jays are going to maybe keep him down for a couple weeks and bring him up in April. And if that happens, that fourth-round pick is a, a super bargain in my mind. I think there will be some people who have a problem with it just because they're, they want to see a player prove it. But as we're seeing with some of the talent that's coming up, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, guys are making the adjustment and putting up numbers quick. Do people need to kind of have to forget about that thinking and just look at the individual talent and the prospect pedigree and say, you know what, it could be worth it. There were people who took Acuna last year around 6, 7, and 8. It looked crazy. And based on when he did play, he was tremendous. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is when they, um, you know, if they leave him down for a couple of weeks, you don't take a zero in that lineup spot. You can put somebody else in there. And granted, they won't give you the kind of numbers that you would get from Vlad Jr., but you, know, you just put in a, a few of those numbers, and all of a sudden his counting numbers for the season added on to the other guys give you a, a really, really good player. And I think people saw that with Acuna last year. If you could just fill that with, with somebody, you know, even a Nick Marcakis kind of guy, then when Acuna came in and then, boom, hit the ground running the way that he did, you've got a great lineup spot there. And I think that's one of the uh, you know, things that people may overlook with some of these young prospects. Now, not everyone is going to come up and have that kind of success, but I think we saw you know, uh, the prospect watchers knew that Juan Soto had the potential to be a very good major league player. I think uh, Victor Robles is another guy that has that kind of potential in the national system. And just give them the opportunity they adjust so well, and I think um, obviously Vlad Jr. has the pedigree. And if it turn, you know, if it comes down to making adjustments from minor league pitchers to the major leagues, and there will be an adjustment, I think he certainly can make that. So that's why I'm I'm confident in in some of these high end prospects. Maybe not so much on the pitching side, but on the hitting side, uh, I definitely think you can you can believe in what their uh, skill level is. And, and believe that they can achieve that uh, or at least come close to that in the majors. Why do you think we're, we're seeing these players make this quick adjustment? We're talking about 19, 20, 21-year-olds coming up and just being tremendous hitters. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's specializing. Um, I think uh, rather than, you know, we, we see kids uh, in the younger, you know, as they get younger and younger and younger, 
try and specialize into sports. We don't see as many Kyler Murrays, for instance. Um, so part, partly that's it. Training measures and facilities get much better. Um, I think scouting with video now is much, much better than it, than it was even five years ago. So some of the things that you can teach a young player, um, you can possibly do that without them going through and getting that kind of experience in the minor leagues like we've seen before. So uh, especially with quick learners like Juan Soto, like Vlad Guerrero, they pick things up and then the natural skills take over. And um, I think we're being able to see that, um, you know, come to fruition much, much sooner than we have with other prospects in, in previous years. Yeah, I'm with you, though. I thought Vlad would have been long gone before you picked. I thought he would wind up going in the third round. I figured there would be someone who either wanted to make a statement, draw attention, or wanted to be bold. <laughs> but uh, to get him there late fourth round, certainly uh, as cheap a price as I've seen so far. So uh, it's a nice start. And uh, I want to continue to talk about your team when we return. You took someone in round five that I think is a real interesting player. And I'm still kind of trying to figure out what went wrong last year. So I want to talk to you about him, about that. And also, you did something that very few teams do, uh, roster construction. I like the way you took a player later that really filled the build of your team. So I want you to break that down. We're going to talk more with Steve Gardner from USA Today Sports when we continue. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. think the dysfunction we're seeing in Washington rivals the Browns or the Knicks easily. It is very, very tough to argue with that, but you can make a case for the Browns, certainly over the long haul, although the Knicks have been very dysfunctional for right around the same amount of time. The whole Phil Jackson era there was fantastic for Knicks fans. Previous to that was the Isaiah Thomas years, I think, right? The Knicks have been absolutely awful. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern, joined now by Steve Gardner. You can find him at USA Today Sports. He was part of the team along with Howard Kamen that drafted in the FSTA Fantasy Baseball Draft this past week in Tampa Bay. We're breaking down his team. Started Mookie Betts, Aaron Nola, Charlie Blackman, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. In round five. You took Joey Votto, and to me, he's one of the players I'm kind of still trying to figure out here. He's 35 years old, and we know the patience he has, the ability to get on base. Obviously, this is a league with average, but even in average, he's been really good. But last year, we just saw a big dip in the power. He went from 36 home runs to 12. Uh, the RBIs, the runs were down, and it's part of the reason why we're seeing his price depress falling to round five. What do you think went wrong for Votto this year, and what do you expect from him in 2019? Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Joey Votto does uh, change his swing and change his stance and is always adjusting, which I think is a positive thing. Um, but last year, um, I, I look at his batted ball mix, not as many fly balls. So that's where you get part of the, uh, you know, the, the home run total careening down. And the home run to fly ball rate, I think, is the one thing that you can look at with Joey Votto and say that's an outlier. And uh, you know, normally over his career, he's in that basic range from the power hitters. We see power hitters in 15 to 20 percent of his fly balls going for home runs in one of the better home run hitting parks in all of baseball. And his home run to fly ball rate was 9.5%. So to me, when, when something drops you know, to 50% of what it should be, that to me screams outlier. And so for whatever reason, you know, he wasn't hitting as many fly balls, and then half of those that usually went over the fence didn't. I think there's, there's growth there. And certainly for somebody who is such a scientist and, and a, a studier of hitting, He's going to figure out whatever went wrong last year over this offseason, and I think he will be much, much better. So when he fell to me in the fifth round, I look at Joey Votto as, as somebody who is a no-brainer at that position because you know, first base is not as, as deep with elite talent as we've seen in, in many years. I think Joey Votto is still that, and so that's why it was a pretty easy call to pounce on him there in the fifth round. Hope you're right. I took him in a recent draft at 514. So the end of the fifth round, he fell. So you're right about first base. Uh, I think that's something if people haven't been getting into drafts yet or looking at rankings, first base is not what it once was. Shortstop is way deeper than first base this year. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, so many good shortstops. And I, and I think, too, um, you get players that have multiple positions. Um, a third base, I think, is is pretty interesting as well because it can be very deep. But when you take guys that, that have multiple positions, you may play them somewhere else at shortstop or, or whatever. Um, there's a lot of juggling that goes on. And uh, I wanted to lock down that first base spot because, you know, you start playing with the, the question marks of, of Eric Hosmer and Miguel Cabrera and those guys later on in the draft. And, um, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of uncertainties there. Uh, speaking of shortstop, Corey Seager to you in round six. Obviously a player that was going in the first two rounds last year. The injury ended his season. He turns 25 in April, still young, in a good lineup where he's going to hit in the middle of it. What type of numbers can we expect from Seager this year? Well, I think the Dodgers lineup is going to be better offensively. You know, they've made a couple of trades, and, and uh, you know, Yasiel Puig is not there, but A.J. Pollock is going to be. Um, 
I just think Seager makes that offense a lot better. And you go back to you know his rookie year when he hit over 300, 26 homers, and uh, you know I think that's the kind of guy that we can expect. So um, that's that's what I'm looking at. And, and the elbow injury uh, kind of took care of all of last year, but I think he comes back certainly with a lot of rest and, and recovery and everything. He's a much better player, a much stronger player, and I think, you know, looking for value, and that's kind of what you have to do in these 14-team leagues with with such elite competition. You've got to look for some of those players that maybe have a little bit of risk. Uh, Vlad Jr. probably fits in that category as well, but have super high upside. And um, when it comes to round six, getting a shortstop with, with his potential and, you know, his youth, um, I thought that was a, a risk worth taking. Joined by Steve Gardner from USA Today Sports, breaking down his FSTA fantasy baseball draft from this past week. It's actually still ongoing. They're doing a slow draft beginning rounds 11 on in this 29-round draft. Five-by-five five Roto League that includes average. Uh, round 7, Mike fulton and he was one of the values from last year. If you drafted him late, uh, he had a career year with a 2.85 ERA after being over four for the previous couple of seasons. What did you see from him that made you say, you know what, I, I think he can do this again or come close? Well, I, I just think the, um, the, the velocity is there. Um, he's an, another National League pitcher, which uh, I, I kind of like just because of that uh, little advantage that's built in. And at that point in the draft, I mean, after having only Aaron Nola through the first six rounds on the pitching staff, it's time to go ahead and get a second pitcher. And I think this is, you know, a, a team that I'm going to have to put together and piecemeal a pitching staff um, because I concentrated so much on hitting, and I, I really love the offense. So Fultonevich is a guy, you know, young enough, still not a, not a whole lot of wear and tear on the arm, and, and a guy with a, a solid strikeout rate and a good team. And, uh, you know, those types of things combined – uh, give me, uh, you know, kind of uh, the, I don't know, confidence that he can continue to go as, as my number two. It, there were several choices at that spot. Um, I could either go with a veteran guy like David Price um, or Kyle Hendricks, but I kind of like the youth and the upside that, that, that Fultonevich provides. So that's why he was the pick there. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people in your position might start to panic and say, I really need starting pitching desperately. You haven't done that, and just take me into the mentality. And obviously this is a trading league, and there's a waiver wire, so obviously you can make moves during the season. But how do you kind of stay disciplined and say, you know, I just don't like the starting pitchers right now. I'm just going to take what I think is uh, the best values on the board. It, it's not easy, and especially after having said everything that I did about uh, you know starting pitching being scarce and, and those number one aces, I think after a while, though, you sort of see kind of a blur, and you can't really tell how much better one pitcher is than another. Um, so at that point, I think number one, one strategy is to attack the closer position and possibly with relief pitching. And one of the things that I did do in this case, if your starting pitching is not super strong, one of the things you can do is go for a guy like Josh Hader. And um, so in the 11th round, picking Josh Hader, who may get some saves, but the real reason that I selected him there is because he will give you outstanding ratios, um, will give you a ton of strikeouts from a relief pitcher spot, 
And because he gives you those great ratios, it allows you to take a few more chances and maybe not be as good with your starting pitchers. So what I think I'm going to do at this point with the offense in in pretty good shape, this is the time around 12, 13, 14, 15 to go heavy on pitchers and just go for volume. And um, we saw breakout pitchers last year come out of essentially nowhere. Herman Marquez was one. Uh, Kyle Freeland, another Colorado Rockies pitcher. You know, those guys provided a lot of value that we just didn't see coming. I think because we've got so many different ways we can measure pitchers and we can see, oh, this guy has a very good first pitch strike rate or very good strikeout percentage versus walk percentage. I think there are things that we can pick out different pitchers maybe further down and strategically try and build a pitching staff that way. Um, I see a lot of people, you know, a lot of people in this draft went heavy on pitching, three and four pitchers, starting pitchers in the first ten rounds. It's kind of, uh, you know, a, a reaction to that as to where, okay, these guys are getting, you know, maybe drafted a little bit higher than they should be. Let's wait. And everybody's going to have some kind of a hole in their lineup. And um, so in that respect, if you go into a draft like this, a 14-teamer, a 15-teamer, you know that going in, you can kind of say, all right, I don't have to worry if I'm light here at this point in the draft because everybody's going to have some weaknesses. Now, how do I fix those? You took Scooter Jeanette in round nine. If you did a blind resume and showed the numbers the last two years and said, hey, can you guys guess this player? Would anyone get Scooter Jeanette's right? I don't think so. Or unless uh, if they do – They've had Scooter Jeanette on their roster right. the previous year. You know, he was on my Tower Wars team that, that won the NL last year, and he was a big part of it. And uh, you look at a guy who hits over 300, you know, over 20 homers, had 90-plus RBIs last season, and, uh, and almost 90 runs scored. That's a very good player, and yet here he is falling all the way down into the ninth round. Um, the, I, that was a good value to me, and, and one that while I needed pitching – um, was one of those that, wow, I have an open second base spot. I really can't afford to pass him up there. And, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those guys, again, like with Votto, a solid home park for hitters, and uh, he knows what to do there. Now, round 10, you took Joey Gallo, and I want to see if you did it for the reason that I think, because I talked about it yesterday's show, but I feel like roster construction is something, is something that a lot of people don't get right. Anyone can talk about the players, break them down, but I feel like a lot of people just don't know how to construct a roster correctly. It's a puzzle, and you have to put the pieces together. I thought Gallo was a perfect fit for your team. Explain why you took him. I want to see if uh, the, your thoughts are the same as mine. All right. I would not be surprised if we're going along the same lines. Think what you have if you're looking at this offense. You've got Mookie Betts. You've got Charlie Blackman. You've got Joey Votto. Vlad Guerrero is going to hit for a high average. Oops, I'm giving it away here. Scooter Jeanette hit over 300 last year. With that solid base in batting average, you can take an awful lot of chances. And while we may be a little bit light in power, Joey Gallo, we can absorb that batting average and get a guy who could possibly lead the majors in home runs this season. It would not be a stretch to me. Certainly 40 home runs, well within reach. He's done that. And... You know, at that point, even if Joey Gallo, uh, he can't hit for much lower of an average either. Uh, I guess he could become Chris Davis. But, um, you know, for somebody who, who still does walk a decent amount and, um, you know, can, can get a good pitch to hit, 
Joey Gallo is one of the best in baseball at barreling up balls that he does get a hold of. So while the strikeouts are a concern, they're not as much of a concern when you have a solid base and batting average like we do. So uh, I think, you know, you and I were thinking the same thing. Perfect spot right there. And Jeff Erickson, who's on the wheel, was very dismayed by that because he was aiming for Joey Gallo as well. So that tells you another, uh, another reason why it uh, seems like a pretty good pick. No, that's exactly what I was thinking. I just looked at your base of average. I said this is where he would fit in. Do you think he is the type of player where he doesn't fit certain teams and even with that elite power that you might have a different roster and say even here in round 10 he doesn't fit? Is he that type of player? I just think, you know, there's there's more upside with Gallo than there is anything else. And um, because, you know, the, the, the potential for – a, a breakout type season, you know, uh, is there and getting him in round 10. The other thing, too, you know, what makes him more valuable is that he's also eligible at both first base and outfield. So he gives you that position flexibility that um, you don't really expect from somebody with, uh, you know, with his hulking presence there in the lineup. Uh, how is your general approach to closes this year? Obviously, you took one so far. Uh, that we know that has the job. You talked about Hayter, and he could get some saves in round 11. You took Doolittle in round 8. I think there's, and I had Doolittle in the league or two last year, there's no questioning his ability to close and put up numbers. We know that the injuries are always a big factor for him. Uh, but what's your general approach to the closer position this year? I think there are a handful of guys that will probably be, you know, upper-tier closers that are going to go off the board very quickly. Uh, you know, your Edwin Diaz's, um, Kenley Jansen now, maybe iffy coming back from the, the surgery. He should be okay. But um, you know, you've got Kimbrell, wherever he may sign, is in that top tier. And uh, Blake Trinan and, uh, I don't know, is there a line right after that? Maybe Felipe Vasquez. But um, I, I think those guys will go. At a, at a little bit higher price than I'm comfortable with, but you still have a, a handful of, of pitchers, again, who are solid closers, who probably don't have to worry about losing their jobs and uh, can put up the numbers in terms of saves and strikeouts and ratios and all that. I think Doolittle is in that second category, and um, I put him in there with, you know, with, with Roldis Chapman and Brad Hand and Roberto Osuna. And uh, after that, it kind of gets iffy. So I'm going to go for a guy that I know will stick in the role and have a feeling that, uh, you know, hopefully Doolittle stays healthy. He's on the fringe there. But, um, you know, if, if he's healthy, he's the closer. He's not going to lose his job. I want one of those guys, and especially when you're drafting early like we are now, go ahead and leave that second closer spot. Feel free to, to speculate on the haters or, or Dylan Batances or somebody like that that you know is going to give you good ratios. And because of the turnover, you may be able to hit on a, a closer in waiting later in the draft or pick one up uh, with Fab later on in the season. So I'm all for speculating because there are going to be saves out there, but um, I definitely want to nail down a guy that is going to keep the job all season long. What are your thoughts on a guy like Billy Hamilton? He went in round nine. We saw him go in the early rounds the last several years. Now in Kansas City, we know that they're going to run wild. Uh, is he someone that you would take if you were really lacking steals, or is he the type of player that kind of just doesn't fit into your build? No, I, I think Billy Hamilton gets a lot of hate um, from fantasy owners because he doesn't do anything else. And, um, and I think the other thing is, is that he's shown that he really is not getting any better 
at getting on base and making contact. I think that's the, the most concerning thing. But those steals are super valuable, especially with not as many of those out there in the player pool these days. Um, I will not uh, cross him off my list, but as I told you earlier with the um, you know building up that uh, batting average base, if I had done that and wanted to take steals instead of power when I took Gallo, I wouldn't be afraid to take a Billy Hamilton because you know if your team is constructed to the way uh, you know so that it can absorb some of that, then he's not a bad risk to take because you know that people will be shying away from him and hopefully you know his price drops to where it was he won't be as expensive. Certainly, I don't think he will be this year uh, like he was last year and the year before. Well, it looks like you're pick will be up in two spots uh, I know this slow draft has probably started off real slow people are traveling uh, do you like slow drafts or are you not a fan I'm okay with them um, but I only want to have maybe one or two because uh, they can get to be very frustrating I like to get in there make my pick and that's you know that's why I'm looking forward to uh, the labor mixed draft coming up in a couple of weeks that's going to be all at once we're going to do it. It's going to be online. It's going to be a minute and something for uh, each pick. Fire away. You know, get get your synapses and be ready to uh, be ready to adapt on the fly and, and change your strategy if you have to. I think that's a real good test of skill. Well, we'll be following that for sure. Steve Gardner, USA Today Sports. Steve, thanks a lot for the time and good luck this season. We'll talk to you soon. You bet, Adam. Take care. Thank you. Again, that is Steve Gardner. You can find him at USA Today Sports. When we return. I'll wrap it up taking a look at the night in NBA DFS. It is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Monmouth Park Sportsbook by William Hill is New Jersey's local, trusted sportsbook featuring a Vegas-style betting menu of parlays, props, and much more. Watch every game on their new 75-foot HD video wall. Already a trusted name in entertainment, Monmouth Park is now your best bet for wagering on all the big games. So get in on the action. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD video and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Fantasy football frenzy. Jim Day, Roger Goodell has stepped down, decided to uh, stop stealing from the players. We have made you the new commissioner of the NFL. Now your first task is to fix the Pro Bowl. First off, I would take out that stupid rule that whoever wins gets home field advantage. That's baseball, Jim. Oh, okay. <laughs> I make it worth something to the players. You got to give them incentive to really want to go out there and play a game. Weekdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, FNTSY Radio, and on your popular podcast providers. 
It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Again, you can check out my work, scoutfantasysports.com. We're getting you set to dominate the fantasy baseball season. Team outlooks from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. Really in-depth, latest look at the Los Angeles Angels, Houston Astros as he goes through the AL West, AL East, and AL Central is done. If you want to take a look at a free sample, the Orioles, Red Sox, they're available for you. You're going to be like, damn, this is fire. You're going to want to join, and then you're going to enter the promo code BATS50 to get you 50% off your first two months. I have a look at A.J. Pollock and his move to the Dodgers. Charlie Morton moving to the Rays. Yasiel Puig, tons, tons of articles. Nelson Cruz, Jesus Aguiar, which is breakout for, breakout for real. And it's only January. A lot more to come. So if you want to win your league, you want to be near the top, this is the place to be. Of course, enter the, uh, the promo code BATS50, 50% off your first two months. You can ask questions on the message boards and forums, scoutdfs.com as well. At the game, just got a gut feeling, no problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that's right, $1,000. That's MyBookie.ag. Promo code FNTSY. And if you head on over to VegasWhispers.com, use the promo code RONUS50. You'll get 50% off your first month. They can help you out with some of the bets to make there and win some money. All right, let's take a look at the night in the NBA. We already have some news, a lot of things to watch here. So, again, uh, we'll give you some guys that I like now, but it can quickly change. The build can change in an instant, and we've seen it a lot lately over the last few nights with a ton of injuries. Uh, we rating Minnesota's a backcourt to watch tonight. Derek Rose, he has a sore right ankle. He's listed as questionable for tonight against Utah. He's been bothered by this for a, a couple weeks now. Uh, he even missed some time, and he left last night's game. Uh, Jeff Teague is also listed as questionable. He's been out a few games now with a left foot injury, so he's missed two games in a row. So Tyus Jones is already ruled out with a left ankle sprain, so... Jared Bayless, who we mentioned yesterday, we talked about him as being someone that you can go to and be cheap because he was going to be the backup point guard. He wound up playing a lot of minutes and coming through if you used him yesterday. So, uh, you know, he hasn't really played much until recently. So you wonder if the back-to-backs will take a toll. But I think Bayless is uh, in play depending uh, on Rose and Teague. If they both sit, uh, Bayless certainly could be in play uh, tonight. Uh, also, for the Suns, uh, Rashawn Holmes listed as questionable. He's missed three straight games. DeAndre Ayton already ruled out. DeAnthony Melton has been ruled out. So, uh, you know, he got hurt last night, limped off the court. So, Okobu could see some cheap uh, minutes. So, he's cheap. We mentioned earlier in the show, Nikola Jokic has been suspended one game without pay by the NBA. He left the bench when Mason Plumley and Derek Favors got into it. The other night, he barely, I mean, he came off like two, three steps, but, you know, he they're saying he was too close to the action. So Jokic will be out. So Mason Plumley will become a value play, and he will be very popular. He's 3,900 on DraftKings. So uh, especially with people looking to get a guy like Harden or Giannis in the lineup tonight, you can expect uh, 
uh, him to be a popular play in order to fit in some of that value. Uh, so those are that's some of the early news, and there, there could be more. But let's take a look at some of the games from tonight. Uh, we got the Wizards and Magic in Orlando. Uh, Orlando's favored by four. The Vegas spread is 218. The Wizards played last night, lost to the Warriors. Uh, nobody that I really love on the Wizards tonight. Bradley Beal's price has gone up, especially on Fandle, 10100 He's 8900 on DK. Uh, Sadoransky played well last night, but I'm really not looking at anyone uh, of interest uh, on the Wizards tonight. For the Magic, Kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, you, I know Evan Fournier has been playing better lately, but that was with Aaron Gordon out, and his price was a little bit cheaper. Uh, he's 5,800 on Fandle, 5,600 on DK. I don't, I don't see a need to go to him tonight. Uh, so really not much interest there on the Orlando side either. And that's the first game, too. And the one advantage is if you play on a site with late swap like DraftKings, like Yahoo, you can kind of just eliminate that game, and it buys you an extra half hour to make some moves depending on uh, some of the news that filters out. The Knicks are playing at Brooklyn. 7.30 is the game. The Vegas still is 223. The Nets are favored by 9.5. And, a half. and uh, for the Knicks, it's really tough to to play anyone right now. We've just seen uh, the minutes scattered all over the place. Uh, Enos Cantor was told he was going to start the other day. And then David Fisdale went with a smaller lineup. He didn't play. Now, maybe Cantor gets the start here because of Jared Allen. He is cheap. He's 4,700 on DK, 62 on Fandle. But again, he's very risky. And you got to know if he's starting. And even if he's starting, it's 20, 25 minutes. So even if I have a lot of lineups, uh, I don't think I'm playing Cantor. Uh, this, it's just a mess. Just understand, if he is starting and you want to take the risk, because we know play centers against the Nets, you're taking a big risk. Uh, it can really backfire. Don't do it in cash. If you're playing in a ton of tournaments, maybe a lineup or two. I do have some interest in Noah Vonley. I might be using him on Yahoo, depending on what happens. Uh, you know, he, he got off to a slow start the other day and came through. Uh, FanDuel and DraftKings, probably not as interested. 5,900. There's probably better plays out there. Uh, for the Nets, uh, D'Angelo Russell's been on fire. Uh, I've been using him quite a bit. I think on Yahoo, he's $34. Uh, that's a $200 cap. on His price is up on uh, FanDuel and DraftKings. 8,800 on FanDuel, 8,600 on DraftKings. But he's been so good lately. Uh, Nets are playing very well. It's a great matchup. Now, the thing that you're watching here for the Nets is Spencer Dinwiddie. There was a report saying he might have torn ligaments in his thumb, but he has not been ruled out yet. So that's a, something to keep an eye on. So that would help Russell, who's been crushing it lately and has a great matchup against the Knicks. And Shabazz Napier would become an interesting value play. His minutes would go up. He would run the offense with the second unit. He's 3,800 on Vandal, 3,600 on DraftKings. So uh, he's absolutely in play tonight. And uh, Jared Allen, he'll be low-owned. Uh, he's 66 on Fandle, 58 on DK. There's always volatility with him as well uh, because there are sometimes they'll, they'll go small and pull him off the court. But he's had some big games lately, so uh, I think he, he's an interesting tournament play. And uh, if he, not someone I'm targeting, but if I come down to it and I have like 4,700 left for our forward, I think Damari Carroll, he's been playing you know 30 minutes off the bench. And again, great matchup here, so he would be in play. Uh, we got the Heat at Cleveland, one of the low, lowest totals on the night, 208.5, and Miami's favored by 8.5. Uh, Miami just kind of spreads it around with their lineup, a lot of minutes. We've seen Tyler Johnson's in the starting lineup now, so really don't love anyone on the Heat. Uh, I mean, maybe if you want to go Tyler Johnson on DK, 4,200, possible. 
Um, probably not going to do it. Really don't like much there. And on the Cleveland side, same thing. Really not much. Uh, Larry Nance could be back tonight. Uh, so that would be interesting. Uh, Anthony Zizek has been really good uh, lately. Price has risen 54 on Fandle, 5,700 on DraftKings. And uh, not a great matchup here. So really not going to play much in that game. Toronto is at Houston. Uh, and uh, Vegas totals 227.5. The Raptors are favored by 2.5. It looks like Kawhi Leonard's finally going to play. So, you know, you could always look at him. I mean, he's been sitting out getting all this rest. So he should play big minutes, assuming this game could stay close. So Kawhi Leonard's definitely in play tonight. He's 10-3 on FanDuel, 9,500 on DraftKings, uh, especially if you're not going to go with some of the elite guys. And uh, Saka might be the other guy. Uh, with Houston kind of vulnerable down there. Uh, he is uh, 64 on DK, 6,200 on Vandal, but probably not going to use him much. Obviously, the big question here is uh, what to do with James Harden tonight. And we've always said uh, the people who have been fading him have been losing. Price is up to 14,000 on Vandal, 13.8 on DK. So it's costing a lot. Uh, I look at my early build on Yahoo and I plan to use him. He's 62 there. Might be tougher on the other sites. Again, depending on where the value opens up. But as we've seen, it's really hard to fade Hardem right now. Um, now, he could get some Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard defense, but uh, if there's any slate that I've seen so far where I could pivot away from Harden, it's probably this. But again, we'll see if more value opens up. Uh, but I do plan on having exposure to Harden. Do like Kenneth Fareed if he's starting as well. Uh, you know, I think on Yahoo, he's still the minimum 10 bucks. He's more money, though, on the other side, 6,200 on FanDuel, 5,300 on DraftKings. So if he's starting, I think he's in consideration uh, for sure. I had a good game the other night. We got the Clippers are at the Bulls. That's at 8 p.m. Eastern, Vegas total, 220 and a half. Clippers are favored by five. Danilo Gallinari already ruled out for the Clippers tonight. Uh, Tobias Harris coming off for a great game. I think he's in play, 7,900 on FanDuel, 8,200 on DraftKings. Uh, if you chase the Patrick Beverly game last time, it didn't work out. But it's a great matchup here, so you don't really need much for him. So he's he's in play, 4,800 on FanDuel, 4,800 on DraftKings. Uh, Montrez Harrell, always someone you can consider in tournaments. It's always You're always worried about the minutes. But uh, 6,700 on DraftKings, 7,200 on FanDuel. Uh, for the Bulls, man, they've been playing terrible right now. And you just don't know. With the blowout factor, and I've used some of the Bulls lately, and they've disappointed at times. I am going to consider Laurie Markkinen tonight. I think he's got a, a good matchup there. Uh, he is 6500 on DK, more expensive on FanDuel, 7200 uh, I used Chris Dunn the other day on Yahoo. He was okay. Uh, Bobby Portis, when it, it all depends on the minutes. Uh, I'm probably not going to use him, though. So not too much exposure to that game. Sacramento is at Memphis, and... Uh, this is a, a low total game, too, compared to the others. 2 12 and a half. Uh, the Grizzlies are favored by two. Looks like De'Aaron Fox should be back in Belitza. We had a lot of good value at the Kings the other night. But when they're healthy, just a lot of guys that they play. It's a deep rotation. Memphis plays at a slow pace. So really not interested in anyone on the Kings tonight. Uh, I am interested in uh, Mark Gasol. Uh, he's 26 on Yahoo. He had a triple-double the other night. So... Uh, I would take a look at him. Uh, I thought for a while, I was like, he, he's playing through injury, but he's had two good games in a row. He is uh, 8,000 on FanDuel, 8,300 on DK. I think he'll have a uh, low value tonight. So uh, I'll definitely uh, consider him there tonight. 
especially on Yahoo at 26 bucks. Love that price, uh, especially the scoring system there. We got the Pistons at Dallas. It's an 8:30 game, 208 and a half here. Dallas favored by four and a half. We're waiting to see if Andre Drummond is going to play. Now he has clear concussion protocol. He is listed as probable. So my guess is he will play tonight. So that that's going to hurt Blake Griffin a little bit. Uh, Griffin was seeing just a huge usage rate and dominating without Drummond and uh, was a good play, but his price has risen. He's 10-1 on Vandal, 9,900 on DraftKings, so not going to play him there. Uh, Drummond, uh, he's okay, but I don't think I'm going to use him tonight. really don't love anyone there. Uh, and for Dallas, uh, you know, Dennis Smith, uh, I mentioned last time I didn't like him. He had a good game. Uh, it's not the best matchup, but he is cheap, uh, 4,800 on DK. So I think I would consider him uh, as Detroit uh, Dallas is trying to uh, to move on from him and trade him. Charlotte is at Milwaukee. Milwaukee's here by 11. The Vegas totals 230 uh, for the Hornets. Haven't really been playing any Hornets lately. You know, Kemba Walker's been very erratic. Uh, we know he plays better at home. This is a tough spot here against Milwaukee. So really nobody I love on that side for Milwaukee. You're, I feel like we go through this all the time is you're just worried about the blowout uh, and how many minutes of these starters are going to play. And that's why we've seen those guys be low-owned. Giannis is always in play, but how many minutes is he going to play? He's also a guy that can get it done in 28 minutes and still put up a dominant line. Obviously, you'd like to be 35-36. So, you know, he is one of the players on this slate outside of James Harden that could put up a big, big line. So... Probably more in tournaments for Giannis. 10-7 on DK, 11-5 on FanDuel. Uh, Brooke Lopez is a very good matchup. He'll be low-owned. He's 5,500 on DraftKings, 5,600 on FanDuel. Again, not someone that I'm looking to prioritize, but he does have a good matchup tonight. Phoenix is at Denver tonight. Uh, again, no Nikola Jokic. He's going to serve a suspension. What a game to pick uh, for him, the Suns. Yeah, we're playing the Suns. Yeah, I'll sit out. Uh, Denver's favored by 14. Vegas totals 221.5. The Suns really shorthanded tonight, as we mentioned, with no Aiton. Uh, he's out. Um, TJ Warren is still out. So there's some value here. Okobo, again, is going to be someone that uh, will probably be jammed in a lot of lineups. He's 3,000 on DK, 3,600 on FanDuel, and he's going to probably get the start at point guard tonight. So he really doesn't need to do much, and the minutes are going to be there, even though it's not a great matchup against Denver. So I think people will look up to him. Uh, Kelly Oubre has been playing very well lately, 6,000 on FanDuel, 56 on DK. Uh, if Rashawn Holmes is now uh, Dragon Bender comes into play once again. His price has gone up. He's 4600 on both sides. So still waiting for some news there on this team. Uh, don't expect to be paying up for Darren Booker tonight. For Denver, obviously, uh, we're going to see uh, Mason Plumlee get a boost here. He'll be a popular play tonight because he is cheap. 3900 on DK, 4300 on FanDuel. I definitely will have exposure to him. I wanted to use Will Barton last game, and I was worried about the minutes limit. He played 30 minutes. And he had a big game. He's very cheap on Yahoo. He's thir uh, 13 bucks. So he, Barton played 29 minutes last time. Gary Harris played 27. So it looks like you know they're playing more minutes. The question is, can the game stay close? But I am interested in Barton. He's 5,100 on FanDuel, 6,100 on DraftKings. Even if he plays 25, 26 minutes in this matchup, I think he could come through. So uh, those are a couple guys that I'm looking at there on uh, the Milwaukee side. As uh, Should be a fun slate tonight. Uh, again, we just have to wait on some of that last-minute news. Uh, real quickly, looking at our 
optimizer uh, on the DraftKings side. When you just hit optimize, uh, it does like D'Angelo Russell and also Carl Anthony Towns as uh, the Minnesota-Utah game is one that uh, uh, Minnesota, we got to wait on the news. Towns is always in play. It is a tough matchup against Gobert, but he's been putting them up big numbers. The usage rate is up. So Minnesota is one of those teams that we're really waiting on the news to see what to do with point guard. It could put Jared Bayless in play. Utah's been playing very well. You know, Ricky Rubio still seeing that minutes limit. He had like 24 last game. Uh, if that is lifted, uh, I like him and his price. You could maybe get him in there. But uh, the optimizer does right now like Carl Anthony Towns on DraftKings. But again, this is fluid. It changes based on all the news that filters out. So when you use that optimizer, you got to hit refresh. And the best way to use it, uh, and actually here, Ru Rudy Gobert is questionable tonight with right hamstring soreness. So that could open up more values. So, again, just come over to ScoutDFS.com. We'll have the write-ups. Hop in the Slack chat. Leading up to lineup lock, we'll help you out. And, again, uh, if you use the promo code HOOPS50, it gets you 50% off your first month of NBA DFS at ScoutDFS.com. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, Derek Favors would become a value. Jay Crowder, maybe even Royce O'Neal. So I always say, never set your lineup early in the day. So many things change. you got to be fluid. So just pay attention to the news. Pick out your core plays. Use the optimizer to help you out. And we know that you are going to cash. Also, check out ScoutFantasySports.com. As we get you set, our fantasy baseball draft kit is fire. Use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. That wraps it up here. Hope everyone has a great weekend. I'll be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Dr. Otto will join me in the first hour. It is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.